This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Nothing I can do or say can truly motivate you to do something. You have to take mm. action. It's like the action of, you know, getting up and just doing your exercise. That's what's going to motivate you. That's what's going to give you the, the sense of um, achievement and keep you on track. So people are constantly asking me, you know, what can I do to do differently? But the, ultimately, you have to just get up and just take action and just do. Welcome to the Doctor's Kitchen podcast. Today, I'm doing a slightly different episode with none other than Joe Wicks, the body coach who I'm sure a lot of you are aware of. He sold over 3 million books. His highly engaging, motivating videos are an absolute smash on Instagram and all other social media platforms. He sold 3 million books across the world, one of which is his latest Veggie Lean and 15, which is 100 delicious vegetarian recipes with some plant-based recipes in as well. And talking about books, my new book, Eat to Be Illness, is out now. I talk about the nutritional science and the lifestyle practices that improve so many different aspects of our well-being, our brain, our skin, our immunity. Also, check out the newsletter for thedoctorskitchen.com. You can sign up at the website. There's loads of fascinating information that I'm trying to pump out every two weeks. No spam, just pure nutritional and lifestyle goodness. I actually came across Joe's work through one of my patients and we get into that story. Today's podcast is going to be a little bit different in that we're going to be talking about motivation. How do you keep motivated when you're trying to lead the healthiest lifestyle? Joe, someone who's sold thousands of his plans and has got an engaged social media following is the perfect person to ask about how to maintain motivation and how to create behavioral change which is something that is very very hard to do we're going to talk about how to get over the hump when you're not motivated to work out we're also going to talk about routine and how to keep yourself onto a healthier lifestyle we also talk about Joe's humble beginnings and parts of his life story that I don't think a lot of people have come across before. So I know you're going to find this absolutely fascinating. Let's get to it. 
Joe, welcome to the pod, mate. Thanks for having me on the show, dude. No worries. It's been uh, it, it, we've been talking about doing this for a while, haven't we? Like you know, just getting us in the studio and just talking about you know what what has motivated you, how you've got to your current um, status at the moment. Yeah, man, and we're always on the other sides of the world, aren't we? So it's nice <laughs> that we're both in London at the same time. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to having a chat with you and yeah. discussing things. The first time I came across some of your work, right, was from I don't know if I've told you the story. It was um, a patient of mine who came in uh, to clinic. I hadn't seen him for about three, four months or so, and he'd lost so much weight. And I remember thinking, uh, I mean, he came in, he was like, you know, I feel great. Uh, we, we, we were actually talking about his um, hypertensive medications. So we were actually able to reduce some of them. And I, I remember asking him, I was like, mate, how on... Obviously, I didn't say mate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how on earth have you been able to lose so much weight? Like, we were, we were talking about different ways in which you can exercise better, eat better food. And I remember talking to him about diet quite a bit. But he said, oh, I've been, I've been watching this guy. I found him on Instagram. And uh, I watched some of his videos. And I've done his plan. And I've lost this tons of weight. And I've got all, all this sort of, like, bounding amounts of energy. And he said, oh, yeah, it was a, some guy called The Body Coach. And that was the first time... Really, the first that was the time. first time I'd come across you, and so I duly looked you up, and I was like, "Wow, you're doing so much. You've got so much energy," um, and yeah, you actually really inspired me at that time as well. So, oh, that's great to know. Yeah, and I, it's so nice when you hear these stories of people, you know, who are basically taking themselves from a really unhealthy, unhappy kind of, you know, low mood, low quality of life to turning it around. And you can in 90 days, like, you know, my 90 day plan has really helped, you know, hundreds of thousands of people because it's just simple, that simple message of, you know, short, quick homework that's at home. Um, quick simple food and if you enjoy your food and you're not dep- you know depriving yourself we always talk about these low calorie diets and meal replacements mm-hmm. and these solutions that people go for and they're not sustainable so I think my message from the start has been like look if you love your food all you need to do is exercise regularly cook some simple healthy home cooked food and you can allow the odd treat now and again and not yeah. and not, not be depriving yourself so well I'm glad you um, we came into contact and we obviously connected and I remember your videos in the early days you used to have the little chalkboard didn't we with yeah, Dr. Chicken yeah. and the little fruit and veg laid out and <laughs> what I loved about your content was I actually learned something about the properties of foods because I don't really understand I'm, I'm not that clued up on it but you talk about the actual you know the ins and outs and what these things would do from a health perspective mm. so really interesting content man and I'm um, oh, glad that. we met yeah definitely and I, I, I remember thinking to myself because as a general practitioner anyone who's listening to this who is in healthcare will understand and resonate that behavior change is super difficult like i can sit in front of someone and try and convince them to stop smoking the likelihood of them actually doing that is very low so finding a formula as you have with night day plans or with uh, engaging motivating content is actually very difficult so that's something that you should be really proud of mate because it's super hard to do thanks man yeah it is really difficult and people slip into their old ways I, it's really weird i met a cab driver this morning i jumped in the back of a black cab on the way from the um, station and he could hear my voice but he couldn't see my face he goes you sound like are you that joe witz guy he's like mate i've been doing your workouts he goes i was 20 stone he goes i've lost six stone in seven months doing your workouts and i i love that i love that i've connected with you know your mums and students and fitness bunnies but also someone like that who's a cab driver who just like saw me on instagram or something or saw me on tv and he's gone out and done my youtube workouts you know and he's completely turned his life around so it is powerful stuff but i always get asked you know how do i get motivation and it's one of those things like nothing I can do or say can truly motivate you to do something you have to take action mm. it's like the action of you know getting up and just doing your exercise that's what's going to motivate you that's what's going to give you the, the sense of um, achievement and keep you on track so people are constantly asking me you know what can I do to do differently but the ultimately you have to just get up and just take action and just do and just do a little bit of something even if it's 10 minutes a day it will be a catalyst to 
do a bit more to make better food choices and that's the start I think you have to just wake up with, with intent and action to get going how has that changed you like that's pretty nuts for a lot of people listen to this they'll be like you jumped into a cab and there's someone whose life you've impacted in a huge way and will probably that impact will last with them for the rest of their life how does that change you does that, what, what is that like it's just like I was, I was with Nicky my brother and it's just yeah like we were just both I just love that. I love that I've got a geezer who he basically said he loves beer. He's a, a big drinker, and he said one day I woke up and I was twenty stone, and I just wanted to do something. And I, I got your YouTube workouts, and I brought your DVD, and he's been doing it. And he said he lives in a flat, and the, the neighbours were going, "What are you doing up there? You got a girl there?" Or and he goes, "No, I live mine. I've been doing the body coach hit workouts. He's running up and down and doing burpees, but." It is. It's very motivating, you know, and it's of any achievements I've got, whether it's like, you know, whatever, Guinness World Records or selling a certain amount of books, it, it is it is all nice. But when I meet someone like that on the street, like that is truly like inspiring. I love it and it motivates me. I think keep doing it, Joe. Like you're going to reach yeah. more people and you you will benefit people like this who may have never thought about exercise. So it's very motivating and very like inspiring for me to just keep meeting people and like when I do my book tours I find it it's tiring but also it energises me again because I yeah. think I realise why I put so much effort online because it's really actually helping people in the real world so yeah. Yeah, you know, meeting people is always a, always a lovely thing and I never get bored of hearing stories like that. Yeah, that's great. And I think, like, a lot of people will see the facade of you being energetic and motivating on, on Instagram and, and videos and stuff and they'll see this sort of, like, bubbly character. But I want to know a bit more about how you started. What was your childhood like? What were your what were the beginnings of, of Joe Wicks, not just the body coach? Yeah, so uh, as a child, I was definitely... Um, so... Where'd you very, grow up? I grew up in a place called Epsom in okay, Surrey. Yeah. Everyone always thinks I'm from Essex. They were Joe Wicks, <laughs> the body coach from Essex, but I'm definitely from Epsom in Surrey, a little town in Epsom, oh, in Surrey. And so I've got two brothers. I've got an older brother called Nicky and a little brother called George. Um, and I effectively grew up with my mum. My dad kind of was, was in and out of... Um, rehab through like drug addiction from a very young age so you know he was there and we, we I don't look back and think oh what a terrible childhood I had and what mm. trauma I went through and I was abandoned because I just I, I'm I'm very much like proud of my past and you know, me and my dad now are, like best friends and he's he's clean today so I don't look back with kind of resentment I'm quite a positive person who just thinks right that's it that's that's what my life is and let's look forward yeah. um but I was very I was quite a, I was class clown, but also very like hyperactive and quite distracted easily. So I never really, I'd always be doing one thing. One week I'd be doing roller skating, next week I'd be doing BMXing and football and karate. Like yeah. I was always very energetic, and so exercise and fitness and just movement has always been a big part of my life. Do you still do karate? No, I got to like <laughs> I think like red belt or something, and I gave it up. But yeah, I didn't have a very attention span academically. Like I wasn't that focused, but uh -huh. really excelled in PE and sport and like team games and cross country. And I don't know where that came from, but I just loved I just loved always running. I was always running somewhere and doing sport. So. I've always found that side of things easy, but in terms of my nutrition as a child growing up, like so, single mum living yeah. in a council house, yeah. like not we didn't have access to great food. She couldn't cook either, so we would always just have like loads of junk in the yeah. cupboards. It'd be like wagon wheels and ice gems, and we'd have picnics for dinner, like sandwiches and, and sunny delight. You know, like I must yeah. have run on like two and three hundred grams of sugar a day. I yeah, was always yeah, drinking yeah. fizzy drinks and do stuff. Do you think that impacted your attention levels when you're at school? Do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, you don't realise at the time, but it's just you know I wasn't educated on that, but there's no doubt I mean I would have like 
you know, <clears throat> a carton of Sunny Delight and a bowl of um, Cocoa Pops for breakfast. And yeah. when you're a little kid and you you get to school, can you imagine how hard it's to focus? Yeah, and that's yeah. very normal for a lot of people. So I've come on this massive journey into nutrition, and I've now influenced my friends and family. And my mum's cooking more. And so yeah, it's been a it's been a cr- crazy journey to where I've got to. But ultimately, I always knew I'd do something in fitness or kind of sport. And I. I originally set out to become a personal trainer. Sorry, to become a school teacher. Oh, really? A school teacher? When I was about 12, St. Mary's University in, in Twickenham did like a little camp- campaign where they reached out to different schools and certain children were taken to like have a little kind of um, introduction day like, and hang out at the university. And I, I thought I was chosen because I was um, one of the good kids, but I was actually chosen because I was one of the naughty kids. So they were <laughs> like, we need to take this kid on a... On a, on a little another pathway and it Straight really out, it yeah. really it was amazing I went there and I, I decided that day I must have been about 12 or 13 that I was going to go to this university and I was going to become a PE teacher and it was exactly what I'd done I went travelling for a year finished so you my knew from a 12 year old from age 12 you're like that's what I'm going to do because what I, I really got on with my PE teacher and I okay. thought this is a cool cool he's a cool dude and I love PE and so I kind of made a decision that I was going to go to university I was going to do a degree in sports science and become a PE teacher and um, I went travelling for a year when I came back I'd done my degree at St Mary's um, and I thought I'd better try and do like a bit of tea, t- a teaching assisting just to kind of see how I get on before I make the leap to doing the um, the graduation programme to become a, um, a graduate training programme it's called yeah. where you become a teacher yeah. and I did it for about six months and I just realised I wasn't cut out for it it's a really tough job like teachers you know they're under pressure there's um, a lot of lot of pressure on them to like get kids to perform and I just thought I don't think I could do this the rest of my life so mm. I thought what else can I do with my passion and that was exercise and fitness so I then done a quick kind of um six week personal training qualification and then yeah set up my boot camp and then here i am so there's the body coach (laughs) so how many years did you spend uh at college doing your personal training so my uh actually the personal training thing was literally like a six week um, oh that was just six weeks my degree i did a sports science degree for three years then i went traveling for a year then when i came back i either had to do like a um, a teaching degree or a graduate training program but i just wasn't ready for i just wasn't wasn't ready to be a teacher what was university like those three years um were you still like the class clown were you still hyperactive or no as soon as i left as soon as i left um high school i went to um college so i did like um a gmvq so i was more like coursework and practical based because i just couldn't sit and do exams yeah um and i just kind of matured really quickly i thought i'm not just going to be silly and i want to i kind of realized that i like doing this and this is what i'm good at so let's just put put some effort into it Mm. um did my three years at uni and I didn't really do the whole like uni lad life and yeah. getting boozy and I lived with my dad and I just used to commute to from Surbiton to um to Twickenham. So this is the point in your life where you and your dad had sort of like reconciled or you'd see more of him in your in your Yeah, so um by this point actually I was living with my dad, so I was um about nineteen, twenty, I was living with my dad for uni and um had a girlfriend, so I wasn't like out partying and doing mm. the whole student SU nights and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um and yeah, I just kind of got on with it. I got a two one, you know. I got my degree, and um, but then I was really, I, I went through. I call it the quarter life crisis. When I hit twenty five, yeah, I spent my whole year basically playing Call of Duty and like FIFA online, and just not because yeah. I couldn't handle the fact that well, I didn't have a, I couldn't actually be a teacher. I, uh-huh. I had no other qualifications. Like being a sports scientist, like what can you really do? And I, I was just like burying my head in the sand because I didn't really want to accept that I couldn't do much, and I felt a bit useless. So mm. I um. I basically ran away. I got my bike and I, I flew to Canada with my rucksack and my push bike, and I, I cycled down the west coast to um, Mexico. So I spent two two thousand miles on my bike with a friend really? of mine. Yeah, me and my mate Ted. No way. I, I cycled. Um, Which the, part of Canada? 
I flew to Toronto and then I um, sorry to Vancouver uh-huh. and then I cycled all the way down the west coast right the way down oh, California right, yeah, yeah. all the yeah. way to, 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 to we crossed the border to Tijuana so have, you, have you always been into cycling then? is that one of your passions or was that something I, know, I just wanted to like run away and I thought how do we do it well I ain't got enough money to get a bus so let's get a car <laughs> let's get a bike and it was more of an adventure but yeah I, had, I always had this sense of like if I ever had a rough time and felt down and a bit lost just go travelling because yeah. you're better you're happy in Thailand you're happy in Australia you're happy on the beach somewhere mm. so I had that feeling of like running away, and I'm much more content now and happy yeah. in what I'm doing. But where did you get that sort of travel bug from? Because had you been travelling when you were like a teenager or like uh, at school? Or yeah, when I finished uni, I went travelling for a year. So I went to Australia and New Zealand and oh, okay. and Thailand and stuff because I just felt like it was my right passion. Like we've all got to do a bit of travelling, and I'm, mm. I'm glad I did. But yeah, my whole all through university, I'd I'd take my student loan, and rather than go and get boozy down the SU, I used <laughs> to go travelling a bit. So yeah. every summer, I'd go to like Thailand or Vietnam, and yeah do a little trip so that's actually that resonates quite well with me actually because uh, every year we usually have like two months uh, in between um, years at medical school and I would always go away so I in my two month break I'd, I've been to Thailand I went to uh, South Africa at one point sorry not South Africa Tanzania uh, and I did South America as well um, so yeah I like and I think those sorts of experiences of what it's like abroad really does like heighten your awareness of what the cultures are like around the world and and that kind of has, has inspired me to do like meals and stuff from around uh, uh, the world in terms of cuisine yeah I mean I love travel I'm at my happiest when I'm exploring somewhere new like I just love going to a new place and trying new food and just visiting like new yeah new cities and stuff so it's a big part of my life still yeah so you grabbed this you grabbed your bike and your mate Ted and you took and you went to Toronto I mean that that takes a lot of confidence a lot of people don't have that sort of like that sort of thought process behind you know just just leaving everything and and going traveling yeah it took us six weeks we had a tent each and we had like a rucksack you know bikes with like panniers had bags hanging off the side of it and we just basically headed south and we always knew if the ocean was on our right we were heading south and we were going (laughs) to reach um, california eventually and we would sleep like in parks on benches on trampolines like we used to sleep under the lifeguard huts on malibu beach like we had no money we used to live off like 10 15 dollars a day so we were skint um yeah, we just eat Subway and like get fast food and just yeah. like, crack on and just some days you do 50 miles and stop and some days you do 100 miles depending on how we felt but it's a really great trip. It was like my last kind of big trip before I um, got into kind of my career and became the body coach. Yeah. I, was, I was like, all right, just one more big trip yeah. and when I get back I can focus on what I want to be but I was very lost. I was a bit like, what am I going to do? Who am I? You know, And I had no idea so that was my like way of just exploring a little bit while not facing reality for a few did weeks you, did you think that you figured out who those what those questions were whilst you were traveling or were you mm. just in the moment just enjoying the present not really thinking about i'm going to have to go home in a few weeks time and then try and figure out my life if in, if i'm all on it if i'm being honest if i had um, if i'd had my way if i'd had more money i would have gone all the way down to the southern tip of south america really i yeah. didn't want to stop i yeah. would have gone straight down like baja california i would have gone right down through south america but I just, um, yeah, obviously just came home and faced up to it and, you know, got myself into um, personal training. But I'm glad, you know, the time was right. Yeah. But you, I just, yeah, I think a lot of people do hit that stage where they finish uni. Yeah. They may not, may, may not love the subject they were in and they yeah. may think, oh, I've got to go and do a career in that. And it's quite a difficult time. You're not too sure you are when you're like 25. Now yeah, I'm like exactly. 33. I'm so much more confident in what I'm doing and more content. I'm not always, I'm not looking at other things thinking, oh, I should be doing that or am I going to be good enough? And mm. 
Yes, comes of age, doesn't it, I think? I think that quarter-life crisis is something very real. A lot of young people of today, particularly with social media, there's a lot of expectation on them. Everyone appears to be starting their own thing, being an entrepreneur. You know, there's a lot of pressure, I think, on a lot of young people these days. I certainly had that when I was 24, but I can't imagine what it's like for 24-year-olds and 25-year-olds now. It'll be worse now because all you see is the perfect life and everyone's doing better and they've got, you know, a nice house. and a, There's so much comparison going on, isn't it? Yeah, back when I was going travelling and all that, it was like you just had, like, MSN and Facebook. There was no Instagram stories and yeah. walls and people, like, you know, cur- curating their dream life. So, yeah, I reckon that now, you know, someone coming out of uni today is under more pressure yeah. to either go and work for a company or set up their own company. And there's, yeah, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of pressure I, I never had that that's the one thing like for my family never had any expectations just always loved even though my dad was you know um you know a drug addict and mm. and, and wasn't available but he was always there emotionally like he was always supportive and loving and mm. same with my mum so that's really sculpted me as an adult i think mm. you know i'd rather i'd rather have love and support than have parents there that aren't really like that engaged or push them into any direction that i'm not that, that interested in who inspired you in that that first twenty four years of your life before you set up the you know did your um, uh, six week course and then set up the body coach? Um, I don't know really. I mean, I just I just kind of I've always if I want to do anything, I want to work hard at it. Like even if it's you know working as a lifeguard or working in a sports shop when I when I was younger, I've always just I've turned up. I'm on time. I'm punctual. I get the job done. And I think I've become way more ambitious before. My only ambition was when I had the boot camps, I thought I'd just like to have, like, um, franchise the, the location, have, like, ten boot camps. I, I gotcha. never thought, let's, let's, like, build an audience and get a book deal and go on TV. Like, this. I just never even a million years thought I'd ever have these things happen to me. I just thought I'd, you know, get a get a few boot camps, get a mortgage, like, have a, have a nice little place and a little family, and that would be it. I never imagined I was going to go on this mission and help all these people all over the world. It's just definitely, like, the more you achieve, the, the more you can start to set bigger goals. Do you think there's something about that work ethic of just wanting to work hard, to set something up, to be happy? Are those sorts of things that have sort of come from your childhood at all, or is it just something that you've you've always felt the need to do? I don't know. Like I said, I'm not, you know, my mum's a social worker, my dad's a roofer. Like, there's no, like, there's no really successful people in my family or mm. any like, entrepreneurial people. But me and my brother Nicky have become, you know, because we work together, we have become very ambitious together and we have become very um, motivated and we work really hard. But I don't know. It's just, it's just something when, it's one of these things. Like, I didn't know I was even working. When I started doing Instagram videos, it was just fun. I was just yeah. having a laugh. And it's like, because I loved it so much and people could see I was having so much fun then it became a business but it wasn't the other way around it wasn't like I'm going to just do this to make money and get audiences and you know get brand deals it really came from a truly organic authentic place and probably now because there's people seeing me and other trainers and see the success I've had they're now thinking well I can do the same I can get yeah. a book deal and I can if I just you know get followers and get likes and get comments and get brand deals whereas I was truly truly authentic and organic from my my intentions yeah. and that's how I've had the success I think I've had you know yeah yeah I think the intention I think is, a, is an important point because I mean when I started the doctor's kitchen I'd had the idea for like a number of years uh, whilst I was training in general practice and then when it was, wasn't was until when I was in Australia that I was like you know what I'm just going to get behind a camera and just going to start talking about antioxidants and different foods and why they're healthy and what the clinical research was saying and the intention honestly was just to inspire my group of patients maybe 100 or 200 or so so they can eat their word health I never in a million years thought six months after starting that 
you know, I'd get a literary agent, Harper Collins would come knocking and then like I'd have a book deal. That was definitely not something I was yeah, aiming you just for. Can't, you, couldn't, you can't see it, can you? But no. now people have seen, whether it's me or, um, you know, Cleaning and Alice or other mm. people that have had book deals, it's like everyone just thinks that you can just get an audience and get brand deals and it's and you know, everyone's going to consume everything you put out. But it does take a long time to build the trust and definitely. and the kind of um, the community. So yeah, but you've done a great job of it. And But like you said, you'd never imagine it, but now you're doing it. It's like this is exactly what you want to be doing and you're more passionate than ever and you're more ambitious and you start you know how can you reach more audiences you know use podcasts and instagram and youtube so i think your mission like me your mission led your purpose driven yeah and because of that people warm to you people love what you do and people follow you and then they you know support your products when you release a book or mm. something like that so it does have to i think people are so um they're so savvy and they really tune into genuine intention and, and people that are passionate and love what they're doing one of the I think the best piece of content that you've ever released right is something that I don't know if a lot of people have listened to or watched but um, it was your lecture at your old university to the graduate students and it was your story uh, uh, for you know what it was like being a 24 25 year old having just graduated and not knowing what to do which I think a lot of people even at later ages in, in their life as well probably going through and you told the story about how you would start your boot camps uh, and some people, you know, you, you do your boot camps on Saturday and you ride your bike there, you get all your kit, and then sometimes you don't have a few people, sometimes no one will turn up, but you'd still do it every single day. That motivation to continue to do things despite all the barriers and all the obstacles, how on earth did you muster that? Like, what was the drive behind that? Because I think a lot of people struggle to get out of bed in the mornings these days. Yeah, I always think back to that. My brother used to ask me the same, like, how did you how did you do it and how did you used to just keep going back? And I just I don't I don't know where it came from, but I just knew that if I just kept going, like I'd just build, you know, it would build and if I if not if no one turned up, just go flyer in, give out some flyers, get a little bit of business in the area and people will hear about it and come back and it was just I just thought I just don't want to give up. Like I just think there's so many people that have ideas and great you know, great things they want to start, but people say, Oh, stay in your lane, you know, do what you're normally doing. You're good at you know, keep doing what you're doing, why are you gonna go ahead and try something new? And if you did that and listened, you'd never you'd never break the mould. You'd just yeah. stay in the same the same lane your whole life. So I just thought I want to do this. I want to make this success, and I want to work for myself. I really didn't want to work in a gym or work for another, you know, body, um, another boot camp. I thought I want to own my own boot camp and work on my own time. So that was just the start of my work. I think that was probably the start of my ambition and work ethic. I thought I'm not just going to give up and go and work for another trainer or work in another gym. I'm going to keep doing it. And I used to just keep going back until eventually it grew and it became like a decent business, you know. Yeah, and then you started going into the plan sort of things. Or was that sort of always the the goal to, to start doing plans or did that just happen again like organically I was posting so I was doing all my I was like really busy as a PT I was doing about 7 hours of boot camps a week and probably like 30 hours of PT and I was literally like driving around between the houses because I didn't have a gym so I'd do it in their garden or in their park and stuff um, and then in the meantime I started sharing stuff on Twitter just posting some motivational stuff a little bit of like fitness tips then I and then on when Instagram opened up the video, I had the idea for, for Lean in 15 videos, but mm. there was loads of people doing like fitness content and video yeah. recipes. I just thought, how can I do it a little bit differently? So mm. I started putting the recipes up, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, and when that grew and I had realized I had this big community, the questions were coming in like, I'm on this diet or that diet, and can I have some advice? So that was where the kind of idea for the 90 day plan was born. Mm. Um, but again, that was literally like thinking, just a nice way to supplement your income I can do a bit less PT yeah. and it just literally almost within a few months it switched to being my main thing and then I passed on the boot camps and personal training yeah. and that's we've now had um, 
300,000 people have signed up since we launched it in like, wow. 2015. That's incredible. 2014, sorry, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 insane. <laughs> it's a lot of people, yeah. So it's become, you know, a global business, which is really, really, we're really proud of. And um, the mission's the same. Like, can we get someone today eating healthy and can we get someone exercising? When did you start that mission? Because that's a really clear mission that, like, can you get someone today to eat something healthy and exercise? It was when I started the uh, my Instagram account, really? when I started posting the recipes, yeah, because you got to think, like, why, before I ever knew of any publishers or any book deals or any anything, why would a man get his phone out and record the recipe and post it on Instagram? I, but so, so consistently, too, like, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I would not do the same recipe every, twice. Yeah. I would want to post everything. I would sit there and record it and post it straight away. And just because I just was obsessed with sharing content. Yeah. But I don't know really why I was doing it, other than I found it fun. I found it fun that someone was, like, copying my recipes. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's not one part of me that thought this is marketing, like this is content yeah. marketing. I'm building something, and I can sell something to these people one day. Like it just weren't on my radar. Yeah, I just, I, I suppose, like you, I just thought maybe I'll get a few more personal training clients. Maybe I'll get busier boot camps. Maybe I'll, you know, encourage some friends. But it was never like let's talk to people in Australia and the US and all over the world about healthy cooking. It was just a much smaller idea, but grew. And as I realised people were enjoying it and the content was making people laugh and I was getting good engagement, then I thought, right, do more of that. Do a little bit more of this. Mm, yeah. I'm just trying to think whether it's something about your childhood, like, and sorry to sort of dissect it from a psychological level, but, you know, being the class clown, like you said, when you were younger, uh, kind of like liking that attention, liking making people laugh, liking people feel better about themselves. Maybe some of that came into your social media stories and, and the um, the Lean in 15 videos, because at one point, I remember you saying that you would get a lot of slack from random people just saying, what are you doing this? I don't like your hair. It's all floppy. You know, all this kind of stuff like yeah. that. Your voice, but m despite that, you know the the effort and the encouragement and the enthusiasm you gave yourself to carry on. You know, it takes a lot. Yeah, and I don't. At the time, I just was like, "This is what I love doing." I didn't really think too much about it, and yeah, I did get negative comments from people, you know, saying what these videos are annoying you're always on twitter and facebook like why don't you just get back to doing your boot camp and you know like that's close friends as well but i thought no i'm not going to listen and then people say oh god this guy's so annoying his voice is driving me mad and i just thought well some people are enjoying it not everyone's going to love you you know i do i do like it when people you know respond well to my content but i also don't let negative comments affect me i did in the early days it used to really get to me and really? you know the main criticism you probably seen like trainers and other people slagging me off and the reason is because i don't believe that people should count calories and i've stuck by that from day one i just truly believe that if someone exercises regularly and they cook at home and they, they take away the complications from from healthy food then naturally you create a calorie deficit and you you know you burn fat but um i just i see it and it's there and i know there's a bit of noise but i just focus on what i'm doing and i'm i mean i'm, I'm talking to millions of people about yeah. it and there's a reason i've sold three million books because mm. my message is simple yeah and it helps people like just get in the kitchen and cook and i don't want to confuse them by saying you should count calories and track macros every day because i've never counted calories yeah i think that like having that internal voice of you know what you've got a goal we're just trying to help people live healthier happier lives uh using your videos using your engaging content and to drown out the the negative noise around you because that can be really it can be uh, debilitating for a lot of people they'll they'll listen to that it's almost like the little internal voice like you're going to fail this isn't the right thing to do maybe you should just do you know whatever else is doing stick to the herd yeah i used to find it really upsetting like, i used to really affect me and i found, i used to think oh everyone's going to see it and everyone's going to think you know i'm 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 because people say i'm call me a sellout and say that i'm like i'm you know hiding facts from people and stuff but 
I've really, really helped so many people get in the kitchen and cook and, mm. and exercise and I give out so much free content and I believe in my message and I really do and I'm never going to stop putting the calories in my book. So, yeah. you know, as long as I can believe that what I'm doing is right and I'm helping people, yeah. then it's fine and I can, you know, carry on with it. Selling three million books, something that a lot of genuine celebrities would be envious of and, you know, the plans and how recognisable you are, even taxi drivers, for example, like this morning. You know, has that changed you, that kind of celebrity? I know you don't like to call yourself a celebrity or regard yourself a celebrity, but the actual fact is, you know, you're very recognisable now, whatever the definition of celebrity is. How Has that changed you at all? I really, um, I really don't, I mean, I, I kind of, yeah, I don't feel like a celebrity. I never have done. Um, and I'm not like someone who's like rolling out of nightclubs and going partying and, <laughs> you know, living like a celebrity and having it, having it large all the time. But... I really don't. I really don't think it has. I think if you met me three years ago or four years ago, you, we'd be the same. We'd be having the same conversation. I'd be saying I'm really, really, you know, on a mission to do this and that. And it's allowed me to have more freedoms, and not just financial freedoms, but also time. Like I, yeah. I can spend every day with Indy if I want. And Rosie, yeah. I can be present, and that's my greatest. That's what I'm so so proud about, and so grateful that I don't have to be in an office or be be somewhere every day at the same time. My days are quite different, and I can take Indy and Rosie with me. So. That is my greatest achievement, that I can just, like, design my lifestyle and I can obviously go to America for a few months a year. Um, but it hasn't changed me. I'm, I'm, I'm more generous than I used to be because now I can look after my friends and family and, you know, we can go to nice restaurants and things. But I'm not someone who's... I'm not, like, buying flash cars and yeah. spunking loads of money on expensive clothes. It's just not, it's just not who I am. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So I think you can let the numbers, like, inflate your ego and change the way you are, but... Or you can just be carrying as you are and be normal. But yeah. I think the minute you let the followers and the and the fame and the likes and all that yeah. and the TV appearances get to you, then it's very easy to, for people to just switch off and go, "Oh God, like he's changed. I don't like him anymore." Yeah, exactly. So I am. Um, I just I just keep keep humble and try and just be be myself really. And that's so yeah. I don't think I've changed much. Has Indy, Rosie, and your family has that changed what motivates you when you get up uh, out of bed in the mornings these days? Yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely finding it like more motivational. Now I've got, you know, Nikki and I've got nephews and I've got, you know, there's loads of kids around. I want to I want to support them and look after them because it's because it's when you see someone you love, you know, working really hard and it's, you know, life's difficult. Like we all work so hard and mm. some people, you know, get paid well for their jobs, some people don't. So I want to be in a position where I can take care of my family and just, you know, help them with their lifestyle as well. Yeah. There was a uh, a bit um, in your in your talk actually where you were talking about burnout you know we were cycling every single day and sometimes people won't be turning up to the boot camps and stuff how do you know that you're about to approach burnout and, and what do you do when you think that you are burning out um, I think it's yeah I mean it's it's something that can can affect you and you don't even realise it's coming you know like if you're having a really busy time at work or you're going through some stress I use exercise as a tool like I'm not someone who sits and meditates and, and, and can really slow my mind down but when I, I, use, I use exercise as a tool and, and nutrition to, to make me feel good and productive and energised so if things are getting difficult I just I'm, I'm quite good now at just sort of stepping back and putting my phone down for a few hours and, and thinking like what's the work let's just say I release a new product or something goes wrong or you know something you think's not been a success I think well what's what's really going to happen like just mm. slow down and, and actually think about you're going to be fine everything's going to be fine and tomorrow you'll be fine you'll learn from it and I don't really let um, stress and anxiety get to me because it's crippling isn't it when mm. you feel it you feel like so much is on your plate at once it can be really debilitating so I'm, I'm good at kind of um, using exercise as a tool um, stepping away and just having a little breather and yeah refocusing and also having a down down period so I, I don't work 365 days a year like 
I do have a month off here and there where I can just switch off, chill out a little bit, and then I, I re-energize myself to come back to work. Yeah, I've got into the habit of not looking at my phone on Sundays for sure because I'm the first person to admit I am addicted to my phone. I'm addicted to social media. What's your screen time a day? Do you know? Uh, I think mine's it's six uh, hours. It's six hours. Oh, that's, six uh, hours. that's way too much. <laughs> that's way do? more than me. Yeah, mine's like two hours or so. Only two hours. Yeah, two hours. Yeah, so, yeah but, but that's because I've I've actually reduced it. And you know that's what? Amazing. That's the lowest I've ever. I've really? Ever known. Yeah. Oh no, no, mine's mine's about two hours, which I still think is a bit too high. If you think two hours of your waking day, if you're awake for over twelve hours it's like you know a sixth of your day no well i'm doing half i'm doing 50 percent of my day looking at a screen on my phone i suppose that that for a lot of people i mean that's your business isn't it uh like and instagram and social media is our business so that's sort of the reason why it would be so high but you know what there's people out there who do not have businesses on social media and they're just consuming the content yeah and six hours of consumption of any content is way too much and i and i know that's having a negative impact on on particularly younger generations because there's a lot of competitors even for me i'm I'm the first man to admit I will scroll through my feed and I'm like oh this person's doing this and oh maybe I should be doing that or you know you compare yourself even at a subconscious level yeah yeah constantly of course does that happen to you yeah I mean well yeah I suppose it does I follow a lot of other people and you know I get inspired by certain people but yeah you are you're just before it was like it would just be you and your friends and that was all you concerned yourself now it's like there's all these people that you follow with certain lifestyles and yeah, you know, you think, what, how have they got that brand or how have they got that house and that car and how are they flying around, mm. you know, the, the world a bit. But you just have to just, honestly, it's so important just to focus on yourself and, you know, it doesn't mean they're happy just because they've got, you know, private jets and they're flying around with exactly. um, expensive yeah. cars and stuff. But, um, yeah, I'm, and that doesn't truly motivate me anyway. I, I'm much rather, you know, I'm much rather, I'm, I'm more about family and spending time with and experiences and traveling with family than buying things and material things. I'm not really like a collector of stuff. I think yeah. it's just a bit like, yeah, it doesn't really do much for me. There's two things I've got into uh, over the last couple of years. One is minimalism. So buying less and actually enjoying more of, um, of, of products and, and things that actually give a lot of value. Um, and, uh, uh, like lack of materialism I, I follow Gary V I don't know you've probably heard of Gary yeah, V yeah of course before. yeah does he's, he do um, that yeah he, I mean he's pretty minimalist anyway but you know the kind of I mean he's very polarising you either love him or you hate him I, I actually find his content really useful um, he talks a lot about you know falling in love with the game or falling in love with just you know your mission essentially and I think what resonates really well with, with yourself is you know we both have missions and that's what gets us out of bed in the mornings that's what drives us if your goal is to have a bigger house or to live in a certain area or uh, you know to have a nicer car those things are pretty transient and they're not going to last and yeah. you actually want to fall in love with doing something that has a much grander purpose maybe and I, I try and encourage this for myself it's actually to make other people around you happier as a byproduct, you will become happier yourself. But if you focus on making other people healthy and happy, then that's probably one of the best things you can try and aspire to. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm a ma- massive believer in that and connectivity and community and yeah, like hel- helping helping other people out and giving. That's what I mean. I, I feel like I do that with with what I do. I help people, you know, exercise and eat and cook, and that makes them feel good. So that is my true call, and that is what I love doing and and what I continue to do. But yeah, I mean. We do. We focus on the wrong things, don't we? There's yeah. just so much noise and confusion and advertising and marketing, and we're just consuming everything. But sometimes you've got to stop and just be grateful for what you've got and appreciate where you are and you're healthy and you know, and and focus on 
helping other people yeah I'm a, I truly believe that's that's the key to true happiness I think definitely yeah. that was actually the second thing I was going to say first thing is minimalism the second thing is gratitude and you know being grateful for the smallest things in life oh, I love so, your gratitude thing you did the 100 days of gratitude yeah, it went yeah. on forever though do you still do it I still do it, still yeah. Doing it. What, like, well, last time I saw it like 300 days or something it's you, like 700 now wow yeah it's gonna over 700 yeah it's really good 700 I don't really know where I'm going to stop I mean like I, I just I do it as a force of habit now I just, keep going mate I just do it yeah it's, it's fun and you know what the the thing that actually keeps me going not just doing the exercise because I would do that privately anyway it's other people see that I'm I'm grateful for even the smallest things on a daily basis and they're like that's really inspired me I'm going to start doing that and I've done it for like you know a couple of days now I feel great it's just, it's just a nice positive thing to end your day on I find yeah so, definitely yeah. I'm, I'm definitely and I'd stop to um, to do that with um with Rosie and Nikki and just to say like you know thank you for thank you for your time and being here thanks for your you know the, the relationship we have and our friendship and yeah. the loyalty and the trust that we've got you know these things are so important because that's what relationships are formed on so yeah I'm doing that a lot more now. It's a really nice thing to actually say to someone, like, I really appreciate, you know, our friendship or the way you looked after me this year. Yeah. You know, when you're, when you're starting your business from scratch, um, yourself, uh, was it yourself and Nikki the whole way through or was it? No, he actually was working as a journalist. He was an editor of a magazine in, um, in Singapore and I sort of headhunt. I said, I need you. Um, I've got all these comments and I've got so much going on for social media. I can't do it on my own. So he like originally just helped me with my social media and he's just grown into this amazing, you know, business partner who helps me with um all my content and strategy so smart so but now that happened kind of as a natural progression of our of um as our worlds collided we yeah. like let's work together yeah yeah oh that's fair because i think a lot of people when they're starting out they they need that support they need someone to sort of bat ideas off or help them out and stuff so uh, that must have been pretty uh must have been pretty good to, to have someone to support you in that respect yeah and the fact that's my brother like he just knows me so well and you know he knows the mission I'm on and we make mm. so we the things we turn we turn down so much because we want to do you know meaningful partnerships we want to do things we believe in and mm. I had a massive opportunity of a supermarket like to do um, they wanted to do ready meals and like you know microwave dinners and I, I they're dangling this carrot in front of me like, this this not I've been saying for five years how I believe people can cook yeah it's things like that it's making decisions like that that having Nikki to, to guide me means I haven't just made the wrong decision and gone on you know impulse I've, I've thought things through and so yeah we we, we only really do that like, really really great long-term partnerships yeah so having a good like trusted network of people around you that you can bat ideas off and stuff that must be pretty game-changing I yeah definitely yeah i um i put a call out via social media right and i told everyone that we were talking about motivation and stuff so there's a whole bunch of questions that have come in about motivation some of the things that we already ch- chatted about but we'll just do a rapid sort of like okay review of all the questions to end up with uh okay fine late afternoon exhaustion around that 2-3pm level what do you do to keep yourself going because sometimes a lot of people find I usually find when I'm in clinic actually at 3pm I have a few things that I do but at that point that's when I hit my low and I'm like oh I just can't be, can't be asked to do anything I'm definitely not going to do a workout when I get home later on that evening so what do you do when you hit that level I think it will you have to look at firstly what you're eating because if you're having a if you're having a really low calorie day and you get to that point you're going to be hungry and your energy's going to be low but also if you've had a really you know unhealthy lunch with, with, with an energy drink and a chocolate bar and you know loads of sw- fizzy sweets and stuff that that's going to also bring your energy down so you've got to be looking at your nutrition and I even say to people like sometimes you get eight hours sleep and you wake up feeling exhausted and you need to be looking at the food you've been eating the day before because it really does affect you know yeah. the way you feel and so um 
if I'd, I'd recommend, yeah, firstly, like making sure you're eating healthy food. And when you get to that point, you know, rather than relying on caffeine and fizzy drinks like most people do, get up and just have a little 10 minutes out, out of the chair, out of the office, whatever it is, get some fresh air, yeah. uh, move about, and just get some blood flowing. I know it seems simple, but that is going to be m- far more energising. I'm lucky that at my office I've got a gym, so yeah. if the staff get tired, they can just go and do a quick workout, and it really does help, but not everyone's obviously got access to that. But getting up and just doing 10 minutes of walking, getting out a bit of fresh air could definitely help. Absolutely. I think definitely walking around, drinking water as well. I think hydration is super important. A lot of people don't realise that you're dehydrating. That can actually affect your cognition. Um, so having a, a, a tall glass of water will certainly improve your sort of energy levels and also forgiveness as well. Like, you know, if you if you don't have the energy or you're feeling low, you've had a hard week and you're facing burnout, sometimes allowing yourself not to exercise chill out for that day and just get back on it tomorrow morning it's one of the best things you can advise yeah i definitely think people rest is so important and people underestimate the importance of sleep as well and mm. if you're someone who gets by enough you know four and a half five hours sleep like it's just not enough you need to really work on the quality of your sleep it's so important what do you reckon about routine a lot of people i find uh, i speak to in clinic and uh, via social media all say that they struggle with routine how do you get into a routine what do you have any tips for that um, well, I used to be terrible in the mornings, but I've realised that I'm, I'm actually I've I've taught myself to become a better morning person. So I prefer to wake up, have a glass of water, do a workout before I eat breakfast, just to you know I just feel great afterwards. I'm much more productive and I'm focused. Um, when I sl- slip out of that routine, I do I'll find it hard because I like I'll miss breakfast. I might grab a croissant or a sandwich and then like I'll get home and I'm tired and can't be bothered of it. So I do believe in the power of a morning workout. Mm. I think if you can try and make that routine. Um, now obviously I've got a baby it's slightly different (laughs) slightly different in terms of what time I train but yeah yeah, I'm a massive believer in the power of getting up getting it done and starting your day like that definitely I'm I'm a big fan of morning workouts in fact I train um, first thing in the morning so it's done and even if it's only 20 or 30 minutes that way you've done your workout for the day you don't need to worry about having to do it after work or another times Um, and it it actually gives me a lot of energy if I do it first thing in the morning I know I'm just going to bash through clinic I know I'm going to be energised for the rest of the day and it, and it really does work and there's lots of evidence behind that as well yeah people assume that if they're tired that exercise is going to drain them and take even more energy but I, I truly believe exercise gives you energy it, you know it does so much to the mind and body that you know just even if you did 10-15 minutes of high intensity exercise yeah. the, the benefits are, I think is transformative to like how much you get done in the day and therefore how successful you become your relationships with people you work with it's, it's all related to like you know sleep nutrition and exercise they're all so interlinked so you can't not have one you know you need all three of them to yeah. really optimise your life and be Ab- functioning your best absolutely yeah there was um, this paper that I read on mitochondrial biogenesis it's basically the production of mitochondria which are the energy sort of powerhouses of your cells and when you exercise particularly if you do certain types of exercise like high intensity training it increases the concentration of these sorts of um, uh, the battery powerhouses so that's why you can get those like post exercise euphoric effects like runners high or after you do a hit workout you just feel super motivated yeah, I love that I love yeah. that feeling I'm addicted to that feeling <laughs> yeah it's so good um, keeping motivation during the winter months I get this a lot particularly right now 
Yeah, I mean, look, I'm experiencing my own little motivational low. Like, I'm doing my exercise, but I'm not making the best food choices. I'm having, you know, because you walk past a bakery and you see, like, a nice, you know, chocolate brownie or, yeah. like, a, you know, <laughs> a little pie or something. And, you know, you're craving these sort of wintry comfort foods and it's fine, but you've just got to keep up your exercise. I think if you start having all the extra calories and you just get really inactive and you're not doing a lot, then you, I know, you're going to gain extra body fat and you're going to feel a bit sluggish. But, um, again, it's just that thing of prep your meals get your meals sorted so you've got food and you can rely on that and you haven't got to get fast food and eat out all the time and secondly it's just keeping up the exercise and like I said if you're not someone who can face like walking out of the house getting to the gym and doing all that just do home workouts yeah. because it can it can be so effective doing 20 minutes a day as opposed to like one hour a week and skipping workouts so daily daily hit workouts at home is a good way to get going that's actually one of the questions that i had quite a few people ask actually is how you keep motivated um and moving when you work and live at home um and i, I mean i personally do uh, home workouts most of the time now i barely go to the gym maybe like once or twice a week because of that like 20 minutes to get there then you've got to wait for your machine or you've got to wait for other things you get back and by the time you've gone back it's like an hour and a half of your day it's too much yeah and the thought of the thought of like going into your living room and exercising or doing it in your bedroom it's really weird for some people they just think oh god I need to go to a gym and I've got to be in this structured environment but honestly like you can have a set of dumbbells you can be doing you know squats and press ups and shoulder press and really really good big moves that are going to get you burning loads of energy and you can be putting them weights down and packing up in 20 minutes Yeah. and like you will you will transform your body you can you really can but people think you need more you need a spin class you need all these boot camps and mm. expensive gym gym memberships but ultimately consistency is what really gets results yeah. and if that means doing a hundred squats a day and doing a few press-ups like that is going to get you results over i'm going to go do a spin class every sunday do you know what yeah. i mean like yeah. so um yeah try and make it make your office or your home your gym yeah it's good to note that like even you have low days when you can't keep your morale up and you can't like you can't be bothered or you you know you want a pie or a bun or whatever because you know there are normal temptations there are so many temptations out there and sometimes you need to just be uh, you just need to accept the fact that yeah so what's happened this is I'll tell you what's exactly happened with me I I was in America training loads getting really lean had a photo shoot when I got back and I was bang on it then somebody gave me a five litre tub of chocolate orange gelato <laughs> honestly he runs a restaurant and, and within seven days yeah. I ate five litres of ice cream then my mate Ted gave me a chocolate bar from Venti that Italian chocolate oh shop. I think I saw it that in your stories yeah. Like a, yeah. and I thought what has he done because I'm really good when it's not in the house I can just not have sugar I can just not go near it but when it's in the house I'm all or nothing like I have a little bit and then I crack more often before you know it within a week I'd eaten that so I'm like coming off the back of that I just mm. it's out of the house I'm back into my cooking I'm doing my recipes but yeah. when it, I'm I'm just as weak as anyone else when it's around me when it's there I'm just I'm just as tempted you know tempted as anyone so for me it's like don't have it in the cupboards mm. have a little chocolate banana and treat yourself but having like tubs of Ben and Jerry's and yeah. loads of packets of biscuits because you they're lovely things and they yeah. taste great yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? but yeah. I'm, I'm so much better when I'm eating healthier I just feel so much better inside you know and on the outside as well I think that's one tip actually to keep uh, in mind of if you keep it in the house you keep it out of the house rather um, you, you're less likely to, to be tempted by it if you keep any of those things in your house I know I know myself like if I've got some chocolate or I've got some crisps and, and usually it's my family that's stuck uh, some of the cupboards at home in our family home and I will just go for it I do not have an off switch I'll just finish packs and packs of, of snacks and yeah stuff. I used to have like a bit of yoghurt and fruit for dessert now but I'm craving chocolate and sweets and sugar every single day like 
like I want fruit pastels and chocolate bars and <laughs> anything sweet and that it just goes to show that once you're in the routine of it you know your body will you do want it it's not like you, mm. you're addicted to it but mm. you just you just want it because it tastes good and and so I'm, I'm I'm more about having your cupboards and, and fridge stocked up with healthy like whole foods and no processed stuff because if it's there I'm on it I'm all over it I think it's about um, understanding our evolutionary design as well because we are geared to want salt and sugary snacks and if we have that then we're just going to go for it and actually you know once you become aware of that then you can actually make the conscious decision you know what no I'm just going to stock my cupboard and fridge with all healthy items and then enjoy like some snacks when I'm outside the house or whenever I can yeah exactly that's a much better way of looking at it great mate I think we've done it uh, <laughs> it's quite a bit of content there it was quite a bit of uh, chat about motivation but thank you so much I think no, I've enjoyed it mate it's good it's a hard thing to here. talk about because you really want to you want to motivate people about like sounding preachy and all saintly but it's a very difficult thing to really communicate and get across but it's just it's just putting little steps into your day that are going to make your life easier so having your lunch for work the next day and having it prepped in the fridge and having your your, your workouts at home these little steps are going to be a massive you know massive benefit and keep you on track keep sustaining your results and getting you healthy I think that most people will find out from this is that you know we're not saints uh, there's a, this impression that you have to be 100% all day every week um, to to achieve like a healthiest lifestyle is actually you can enjoy the treats you can enjoy a little slip here and now and then but the most important thing is to enjoy it yeah exactly if you enjoy your food and you, you can do regular exercise you can get results you haven't got a struggle and be on a you know low calorie diet or depriving yourself you should you should enjoy the food you love and and then you're going to keep it up all year round I really hope you enjoyed that podcast with Joe I found it absolutely fascinating and his insight into his life was very candid the things that I want you to take away from this podcast on motivation is routine. Actually getting yourself into a routine is one of the best ways in which you can maintain a healthy lifestyle. Planning your meals and planning what you're going to be doing over the next couple of days does help some people. I'm more of an intuitive cook personally, but I know that when you're trying to at least start a healthy lifestyle, planning your weeks in advance would be a good way to do that. Prioritizing sleep. This is the best way to maintain your energy levels during the day. So making sure that you're giving yourself enough rest will allow you to power through your workouts and maintain your focus on healthy eating. Mini bursts of exercise, even home workouts are really, really encouraging. I find doing my workouts from home will mean that I'm actually more likely to be active rather than having to try and get myself to a gym and back and that's time saving as well limit your social media unfortunately when we continue to scroll down our feed we actually create a negative self-image of ourselves concentrate on your personal goals rather than aspiring for others finally the best piece of advice i can give you is to forgive yourself when you don't have the motivation to do the exercise or you want to enjoy that cinnamon bun or have some unhealthy treat the spiral of guilt can actually lead to worsening thoughts and actually you want to enjoy that moment where you don't do a healthy activity and actually get back on track the next day forgive yourself when you can't be bothered to do your exercise and actually the next day you'll feel much more motivated you can find Joe at The Body Coach on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all the different social media platforms. Get a copy of his new book, Veggie Leaving 15, which is full of vegetarian recipes that you can make in less than 15 minutes. And talking about books, my new book, Eat to Be Illness, is out now. I talk about the nutritional science and the lifestyle practices that improve so many different aspects of our well-being, our brain, our skin, our immunity 
You can catch me at thedoctorskitchen.com. Leave a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to your podcast. They really do help people find the information. And I will see you next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.